Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. You will never be able to call people to do extraordinary things if you only operate ordinarily. Hi, this is Keith Tusi. So glad you could be with me for another Leadership in Context. We're getting to the end of our Moses series, but I want to jump back to Numbers, the 11th chapter, and the 13th through 17th verses. All great, all great leaders move in faith. All great leaders have vision. All great leaders understand that they have to operate over their heads. Okay, I think that's one of the keys of leadership, honestly. I, I think you'll never be able to call people to do extraordinary things if you only operate ordinarily. Uh, but there's also the other side of this, and that is, that is knowing your limits and, and being clear about them. It's okay to say, look, I'm a one-talent person. I'm a two-talent person. You don't have to be a five-talent person to be used mightily by God. I know this for a fact, okay? So in Numbers 11th, we pick up another one of these contrary situations. And uh, I want to read about four verses of Scripture to you there from Numbers uh, 11, starting in verse 13. And this, again, of course, is when people are complaining. That's, you know, by the way, that's when you need leaders. That's, that's why we have to have leaders, because people need leaders. When I, where am I to get meat to give to all these people? For they weep before me, saying, give us meat that we may eat. I alone am not able to carry this people because it is too burdensome for me. Now, listen, that's reality. He, that's not a whine. That's not a complaint. And I think... Every good leader understands that. They, they want to exude God's confidence and they want to influence people, but they also need to know that in our natural, we are not able, that the needs of people are so complex and so diverse and people are so broken and people are so complicated, come on now, that we alone are not able to do this in ourselves. And then Moses says something, you know, really powerful here if you take it in the context it's given. And listen to verse 15. He says, so if you're going to deal thus with me, please kill me at once. <laughs> this, is, this is sincere. I mean, <laughs> you know, the reason I laugh because I think I've been there more than once. Lord, I, it, I mean, this is it. I can't do any more, Lord. And while I'm in a good place, you know, my heart is right with you. Things are good. I'm a happy camper. I just can't do all this. It's okay to take me. It's okay just to erase me from the earth right now. He said, if you're going to deal with me thus, because I can't do it, God, please kill me at once. Don't, don't even drag this out. If I have found favor in your sight and do not let me see my wretchedness. In other words, if this is just designed to show me what I can't do, God, I admit I can't do it. I need you. I need more help than this. Uh, you know what I would interject here? I, I don't think this is a, is a depressed man. I think this is a man that has an eternal perspective. And he's willing to get out of God's way and let God do something. And, and I think that's okay to feel that fragile, but at the same time be that confident at the same time. But listen to how God answers them. The Lord therefore said to Moses, therefore is therefore, it's it's in response to something. Gather for me 70 men from the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people. They don't have titles, 
but they have influence, okay? Uh, whom you know to be the elders of the people and their officers and bring them to the tent and meeting and let them take their stand there with you. Then, what right after you do this, then I will come down and speak with you there and I will take of the spirit who is upon you and will put him upon them that they shall bear the burden of the people with you so that you will not bear it alone. So God's saying, you know what, you're right. I didn't design you to bear this alone. If you keep doing it, it would kill you and I might as well kill you if you're gonna do it by yourself. So you've got to pick out the best people possible. By the way, people are not always qualified until they're moved in, in the, a place where God can put his spirit on them, okay? He said, so pick out these people, and then when you pick them out and you bring them forward, the fact that they're going to be willing to take a stand against a bunch of rebels is probably a good sign that they're the right people, and then I'm going to put my spirit on them. But Moses knew his limitations in this scenario, and, and, and there is a pattern throughout the book of Numbers I want you to see. Every time Moses hits a wall, or just about every time, the answer God gives him is in multiplying his leadership. In other words, you can be tremendously gifted. You can say, God, look, I'm really good at this, and, and not be cocky about it. You can, you can know what your strengths are, and that's all the more indictment to multiply those strengths, okay? So there's two things leaders do. They multiply their strengths, and they make allowances for their weaknesses. In other words, I'm going to I'm going to invest in people, I'm going to multiply my strengths and what is not my strength, I'm going to create another compartment. I'm going to bring somebody in. I'm going to have somebody raised up that that is their strength. And a lot of times uh, what happens in leadership circles, and I see it happen in companies, I, I, you know, I even see it happen on sports teams, where they get a bunch of guys that are all the same. They all have the same strengths, and, and there's certainly something good to that. But if you know every strength is a weakness, it's a proverbial you know, two-edged sword. You're really strong on this side of it, but the other side doesn't cut so well. And so you've got to multiply your strengths and then you've got to nurture your weaknesses. You've got to say, okay, this is what I'm not good at. You know, an example in my life is people have accused me of being administrative. Trust me, I'm not administrative. I know I'm not, but I highly value it. So I honor those people that are good at that, and I tend to give them a lot of license to run and to make decisions and to use their gifts, you know, to stay connected, stay communicating for sure. But, you know, a lot of times what happens in leadership circles, people just say, I'm just not good at that, so we're not going to do that. You see that happen in businesses. You see that that happen politically even. And I certainly see, I think churches are the, are, are the biggest people of that. And so what happens is you get a lot of lopsided churches. And uh, you get churches that our specialty is this and we don't do that. And that doesn't mean that you're called to do anything and everything. Matter of fact, good leaders know how to say no, right? You're like, that's just not what we do. But there are certain basic elements that you have to have in ministry, that you have to have in leadership that you may not be good at. Like administration would be one of them. Leadership, training, developing, mission, vision. These are all things that you've got to have. And if you're not good at that, then you've got to get somebody that is. 
And if you are good at it, you've got to multiply that talent because as you multiply it, there will be diversification. There'll be the same gifts, but difference of administrations. It will, it will multiply itself that way. So here, God's answer to Moses' limitation is I want you to find some other people, okay, that think like you, that are on the same page with you. They might not have the same gifts that you have. They might not have the same uh, sphere of ministry that you have. They may not have the same anointing you have or the same gifts, but I want you to get those people to make a stand with you. And when they make that stand, when they say they're all in, then a portion of my spirit is going to come upon them to help you do this work because the way you're going to deal with all these problems, notice God doesn't say the problem is going to go away. You're always going to have uh, circumstances that are you know, not pleasant. You're always going to have uh, complaints that are being registered that, that are designed to be distractions by the devil. And then, of course, you always have natural circumstances, too, that in and of themselves, you know, can be distraction, hardships and, and, and crises that take place uh, in the body and in your business and your family and people that you love. Uh, so here's the, here's, here's the goal in this. As I've grown as a leader, as I've matured as a man, rather than saying, Lord, what should I do? Now, my, my, my prayer is, Lord, what are you showing me? I'm, I'm prejudiced toward action. So I'm always going to be like, if God shows you something, I think you should do something about it is my, is my theology. But before I take action, now I'm more seasoned. I'm more apt to say, God, what are you showing me? Like, not just what needs to be happened, but what is the big picture? What is the context of this dilemma or this circumstance I'm dealing with. And I would encourage you, even when you're dealing with troubled people, when you're dealing with yourself, even maybe something that you know is unpleasing to the Lord in your own life, when you've got a circumstance in business or ministry, before you take action or even as you take action, say, okay, God, what lesson do you want to teach me about me? What lesson do you want to teach me about you? Uh, good leaders learn the ways of the Lord. They just don't learn what to do. They learn the ways of the Lord. So one of the things I would encourage you to do is not just say, what should I do or what do we need to do? But Lord, what are you showing us right now in Jesus' name? Hey, Keith Tusi for Leadership in Context. Hey, if you haven't gotten my book and read my book, the God Who Intervenes got great reviews from it. It's an easy read. I think will inspire you, will encourage you. Uh, you can go to the NRP webpage. You can go to Amazon. All those other people, they all have it. But uh, I think it's a good read, and it'll be a blessing to you. See you next week. Today, Keith continued his discussion on the leadership of Moses. We see a pattern throughout the book of Numbers. Almost every time Moses hits a wall, God tells him to multiply his leadership. Leaders multiply their strengths and make allowances for their weaknesses. Invest in people to multiply your strengths and bring someone else in whose strength is your weakness. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. 
For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at nrpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at nrpastors. See you next week.